0: The scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, starting in verse 12. Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. My inmost being will exult when your lips speak what is right. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags." Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth, and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. For a prostitute is a deep pit, an adulteress is a narrow well. She lies in wait like a robber and increases the traitors among mankind. And this is the word of our Lord.
1: Well, good morning. And I want to welcome our fourth and fifth graders who we have asked to join us this morning in this service. Would you welcome them? Uh, they're normally in kids' worship. So we're, good, we're glad to have you this morning. The reason we've asked you in is because of the nature of the, uh, the, uh, the sermon. And uh, we're continuing in the family series. And this is a sermon to parents and kids. And it's drawn from a section of Proverbs, and I realize what time it is, so I'm going to preach fast and you listen fast. You got that. So we'll do that back and forth with one another. Uh, it, it's drawn from a section of Proverbs that is a, a section of 30 sayings. And the first 10 sayings in this section have to do with money and wealth. The middle part of it has to do with parents and ki- kids' instruction. And then the last part of this section of Proverbs, from Proverbs 22:17 to 24. 22 has to do with just some miscellaneous things. So we're going to hone in on this middle section this morning with some instruction to parents and instruction to kids. And first to parents, uh, the instruction is parents, focus on heart more than behavior. Focus on heart more than behavior. And the reason I go there is because the scripture goes there six times the word heart shows up in these verses verses uh, uh, in these uh, sayings in the scripture Scott has read today. And it reminds me of another proverb that you most likely have heard. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else guard your what? heart, for from it flow the wellsprings of life. So I grew up in Tennessee until fourth grade, and when I did, we were way, way, way backwards. And my grandfather did not have a bathroom in his home. He had an outhouse, and so the only water that I recall ever being in his home was uh, the water that ran into his kitchen sink. It was not a steady stream of water, but it was water that ran into his kitchen sink. That water, I discovered on a little trek back into the woods, came from a spring, and that spring was protected by a spring box. Uh, If you've never seen one of them, it's built so as to provide protection of that water, the source of that water. It is built to do that so that when there are screens, there are pipes and things like that, so that when that water comes out of that pipe from that spring box, the tiny little pipe, as I recall, it will come out clean. Uh, you must protect that spring from animals, from humans, from other things that could dirty it up. That's what Proverbs 4.23 is about. Your child's heart is like that spring box. You can spend all your life going downstream and trying to get at the nitty-gritty details of things, but until you go into the heart of your child, until you go, Go for their heart. You will not be able to affect long-term change. Uh, Paul David Tripp says he's a counselor, he's a speaker, he's a writer. As a parent, you are never, ever dealing with just the words and actions of your children. You are always dealing with the thing that controls their words and behavior, their heart. So you and I have this treasure, this gift, and that's our children's hearts and how we handle them, how we respond to them, and how we treat them becomes the essence of parenting. Well, how do you do it? God's word tells us. I'm so grateful for that. Number one, teach your children. Uh, Verse 12, talking now to children, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. You know what that implies? Moms, dads, we teach. If our children are to imply their hearts to instruction and their ears to words of knowledge, then instruction should come out of our mouths, shouldn't it? Words of knowledge ought to emanate from our mouths. So there's a teaching component. What we do here at Grace and Kids Worship and in Kid Life and in other ways and Centric Kid and those kinds of things, that is simply icing on the cake. But what you do at home and all the hours that you have with your own children, that is the crux of parenting. We simply get to step into and add to. So uh, teach your children. Secondly, discipline your children. Verses 13 and 14, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with the rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. So let me mention something here before we jump into discipline and how that differs from instruction. Discipline is course correction. Discipline is the pound of cure, uh, uh, and instruction is the ounce of prevention. All right, uh, What is never allowed is child abuse. And some of you perhaps experienced that. You experienced a mom or a dad who was violent, who was uh, who abused you physically. Scripture never, ever mandates that or accommodates that at all. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 6, 4, Paul writes, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the, there you see, the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. In other words, teach them, and every child occasionally needs a course correction. Amen? Everyone. It must have some level of discomfort. Uh, We uh, chose, Wendy and I, to use a wooden spoon with a frowny face on it, and his name was Mr. No-No. And our children, I think to this day, don't like to go into the kitchen section of a store. Because of Mr. Nono, but that's who we used and or what we used, and Mr. Nono traveled with us and uh, you know made it into the uh, the minivan when we went through the minivan phase and made it into the Honda Pilot. Whatever, th- there must be some level of discomfort when you discover your child, when you discover your son or your daughter is off course. I remember when I was a child, I was a stubborn one and my my dad gave me some discipline and I looked at him and told him it didn't hurt and that's stupid because then it did. Uh, Let me encourage you not to overcomplicate it. Uh, I think in the day of so much therapy available and I applaud therapy and I've been to therapy uh, years ago for a year and a half. So, so, so I'm not knocking therapy at all. I re- we, we refer people here all the time. But you're your kid's parents. Don't try to be their counselor. That's just, your job is to discipline and instruct. And if you will do that and your child needs help, just find good help. But your job is to discipline and instruct. So don't overthink this. Don't Oprah Winfrey it, for Pete's sake, and, uh, and, and go and, and, and Dr. Phil it. He, no, don't do that either. Just really, really focus on what do they need to know, and if they've messed up, what do you need to do? That's the job of the parent. I think parenting is, uh, is, is going to be okay. Uh, parenting kids, you've got to do something really bad to mess up. You really do. And so some of you, I think, could relax a bit because you're freaking out that you're somehow going to royally mess up. You have to royally mess up to mess up. Uh, You really do, and I encourage you with that. There is a reward. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. This is a father speaking. My inmost being will exult when your lips speak what is right. God has given every human being a barometer of their heart it's their mouth. Luke 6:45 The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of a, of the heart his mouth speaks. If you want to know what's in someone's heart just hang around long enough right, you'll hear because it will come out of their mouths. Uh, Kids, now the instruction to you, fear God more than you fear others. Fear God more than you fear others. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. You know, it's easy for teenagers to envy sinners because there's a certain lot of kids who seem to get away with everything, don't they? There seem to be no no consequences. And for a teenager, that can seem so awfully unfair. Why is it that I kind of toe the line, and occasionally when I misstep, I get the hammer? And why is it then that another kid who doesn't ever toe the line doesn't seem to get anything? Uh, David wrote Psalms about this. It is a legitimate concern that I think emerges first in teenage years. Well, there is a short-term reward of fearing others. You get to be in the in crowd. So you get to be with the cool people. You get to please an influential or powerful person. And you may become popular, powerful, cool, Or, as I'm learning, the OG. You you get to do these things. But there is a long-term reward of fearing God. Uh, The writer says there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. There's a long-term reward of fearing God. So this begs the question, what is the fear of God? What does it look like? In his book, Rejoice and Tremble, Michael Reeve writes, we are to fear God as creator and redeemer. So let me touch on that. To fear God as creator is to be in awe of God's power. Or as the psalmist wrote in Psalm 8, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? God, I see your amazing creation and I feel this big because you're so massive and you're so powerful and you're so able. So let's say this. Let's say that I want to buy a Tesla. All right, have zero desire, but let's say I did. Let's say I want to buy a Tesla, so I go to where I think the nearest Tesla dealership is, uh, once I Googled, which is in Matthews, North Carolina, near Charlotte, and I go down there and I walk around and I check them out and I pick the one out I want. With whatever features they may have, there's that car. And I begin to do all the work of, okay, what is it going to cost and how am I going to pay for it? The salesman is nice, he helps me out, it's a good deal, good experience. But let's say I go to that Tesla dealership. I'm going to have the same conversation except out walks Elon Musk. He designed that car. He developed it from the get-go. It is his brainchild, right? Now, while my decision is ultimately going to put money in his pocket, I am much quieter when Elon Musk is standing there talking to me about the car he designed. I'm a bit in awe of his design, of his ingenuity. That's what it means to fear God as creator. We see not only the creation, but we get to interact with the creator himself. But Reeves writes, we're also to fear God as redeemer. God not only created us, but when we blew it, when we failed miserably, he sent his one and only son to die in our place on the cross for our sins. Take our sin on himself. Be the substitute for us so that my sin, as the writer says, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Amen. I get grace, I receive mercy, I receive forgiveness, Jesus received punishment, Jesus received blame. Now that's not fair, is it? But that's the good news of the gospel. So I'm to fear God as this awesome creator who is higher than I am, but I'm also to fear him as this redeemer who came down to my level and brought me to himself and saved me from my sin. Makes me think of Virginia Lips. We call her V. V is in our church and she is a single mom of two boys. Now, V has never been married. And these boys are hers because she adopted them. As a single woman, she has adopted two boys. Uh, If you know V, she champions those boys. She carries on her career at Baxter. And she champions those boys. She finds the resources they need. She does everything in her power to take care of these two boys. Now, those boys right now have no way to comprehend what an amazing gift she is to them, do they? They're just young. But one day they will. One day they will look at their mom in awe of her love for them. That's what it means to fear God as Redeemer. Is that you look at him and you see your sinfulness and you see his grace. You see your less than and you see his more than. You see what you needed and you see what he provided. And the long-term consequence of that? A future and your hope will not be cut off. But verses 19, 20, and 21 give the downside. Hear my son and be wise and direct your heart in the way. I love that. All right, so I didn't say this in early service, so this is a little extra for you. This whole thing of following your heart, no, no, that's worldly nonsense. Oh, just follow your heart. No, Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things, and who can know it? You follow that, it's going to lead you in some wrong ways, right? Direct your heart, this says. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. In other words, as someone said to me years ago, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you hang out with drunkards, you'll become one. It's hard not for that to be. If you hang out with a glutton, guess what? You'll eat more than you ever did. The drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty. Sleep doesn't buy clothes, does it? It begs for rags. Third, kids, listen to your parents more than your peers. Listen to your parents more than your peers. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. You know what's interesting about that phrase? It does not assume the mom is old. I found that interesting as I studied it. It assumes the kid thinks the mom is old which happens when a kid turns around 12. All of a sudden, their mom and dad seem ancient to them. They're really old people, right? They're in their 30s, of all things. I mean, when they get in their 40s, they become just just senile to... Uh, to these teenagers, it's it's a view between a kid and a parent. But the really thrust of it is a parent, is a child tends to think their parent is old-fashioned. It's not their age, it's their, their perspective that the kid can struggle with. So rather than that, here we go, buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. For a prostitute is a deep pit, an adulteress is a narrow well. She lies in wait like a robber and increases the traitors among mankind. Listen and do not despise. Buy truth and do not sell it. You know when you buy something that you don't sell, it means it's an investment. It's an investment. Surrounding this section are three things you can spend money on. Alcohol, food, and prostitutes. None of these are an investment. Everyone will leave you wanting more. Alcohol is a short-lived pleasure. Once the buzz is gone or worse, the hangover, you have to have more to have that feeling again. Last year in the United States, Americans spent $35.8 billion on alcohol. Food tastes good, but a few hours later... You want more, don't you? It's the way it works. We'll never ultimately satisfy. The average American eats out six times a week and spends $3,000 a, $3, a year doing it. Not the family, the American. And finally, we have a ministry that we partner with that works with human trafficking the director sitting in this service, Life One O Seven. There are thirteen million eight hundred and twenty-nine thousand prostitutes in the world right now, and worldwide, people spend one hundred and eighty-six billion dollars a year to have sex with them. Some of you may look at this, especially if you're a fourth or a fifth grader, and go, Well, why did you invite me in for this? There is the more approachable application of this, and I'll share from a study released in October of last year on the National Library of Medicine on their website, which revealed some surprising results. The study focused on the use of pornography by teenagers in Greece, Spain, Poland, Germany, the Netherlands, Romania, and Iceland. There were almost 11,000 teenagers in the study. That's a big study. Both male and female, as pornography now is on the rise among young women. That study revealed that in the last year, 59% of those 11,000 had looked at pornography, and in the last 12 months, 24% of those 11,000 look at it every single week. What the study examined was the correlation between pornography use and a variety of social emotional issues. I have the chart which has the results of that. They looked at social competence, academic performance, anxiety, withdrawn, depressed, Body or somatic complaints, social problems, thought problems, attention problems, rule-breaking behaviors, and aggressive behaviors. In every single category, those who look at pornography fare worse in each of these. The most pronounced rule-breaking behavior and aggressive behavior. So in a crowd this size, I know I'm talking to good kids with bad habits. And those bad habits can end today. I know you may not think they can. Pornography can have such an addictive hold that you may think, I don't think I can beat it. Parents, let me speak to you. Don't assume your kids don't struggle with it. As a matter of fact, if your kid will admit that to you, don't freak out. Reach out. I want to ask parents two questions, and then Alex and Adrian will join me on stage. The first question, it's not rhetorical. It's an honest one. Parents of any age in here, any age children, if you yourself have ever struggled with worry, sinful worry, ungodly fear, gossip, lust, anger, greed, a variety of sins, if you've ever struggled with that, with one of those, over time, would you raise your hand? Kids, look around. Look around. All right, you may put your hand down. Now, I have a more serious question. If your child or a grandchild was struggling with pornography silently, alone in his or her bedroom or wherever, and you would want them to come to you and tell you, so that you and they could talk through, about, and talk it out. Would you please stand? All right, kids, look around. If you're a good kid with a bad habit, got moms and dads who want to know don't stay quiet sometime this afternoon say mom dad can we talk parents you may be seated Adrian and Alex are joining me on stage so Alex graduates today from Montreat congratulations yeah, absolutely. And he's coming on full-time with us, working with kids all the way from kindergarten up to, uh, up to high school. He'll be full-time with us now. We're thrilled to have him. And uh, already you do an amazing job. Adrian has worked with us for years in youth ministry. And this summer early, he transitions out of youth ministry at Grace. He will become associate pastor here with responsibilities of all of our leadership development as well over all of our discipleship here at Grace. And, man, we're going to miss you in youth ministry, but excited for how God's already using you in this other space. Would you thank Adrian for his (laughs) ministry? Tremendous. They want to share with you parents and kids.
2: So there's an app uh, that we use here at this church called the Parent Cube. You'll see a QR code on the screen in just a moment. This app uh, correlates with um, the curriculum that is used in preschool, kids, and youth ministry here at Grace. So here at Grace we have a curriculum that spans from pre-K all the way to high school. And um, what this app does is give you opportunities um, to talk with your kids at whatever age or stage that they're in. Um, I've used this this past week, so we have an almost four-year-old, and Leslie's uh, crew in the preschool are doing a phenomenal job, and we, uh, they're talking about how God created everything and it was good. Uh, our, our son says God created everything, and it was all right. That's what he says. But either way, it's good. Well, one of the prompts this week from the app, I would have never done this had I not had this app in front of me. And it was it said when you go in to wake up your child, your your, your pre-K, when you go up to wake up your child, uh, if the sun's shining, say, hey, the sun's shining this morning, uh, who made the sun? And, and I just did it every single day this week that the sun was shining, and he would tell me God made the sun. And it was a, a good opportunity for me uh, just to take a few moments and talk with him about and and just reinforce the idea that God created the world and everything in it. So uh, what I'm asking you to do as parents, download this app. What you'll be asked to do is uh, put your kids' ages in there, their stage, and then it tells you. Uh, uh, how many weeks they have until the next thing, the next stage in life right now. We have 731 weeks until the next stage, which is graduation. But um, it has loads, I mean, absolute loads of resources on there. The life group lesson for this week is actually taken from an article straight off the Parent Q app. So uh, Alex is about to tell you about one, but I just want to say download this. If you can't download it now because uh, you, you don't have Wi-Fi in here or whatever, make sure to download it when you get home and take advantage of this uh, app. Absolutely, and so as he was saying, we have actually printed off one of those resources for you today. So if you are a parent with a child who is either getting ready to get a phone, has a phone, or has had a phone for a long time, go over to Lobby C, this is where you check your kids in, or to First Time Guest Tent, and there is a letter to the parents. What this is, is it's a cell phone agreement. Basically what this is, it's a contract between you as parents and your kids to put up boundaries against some of the things that Jerry's preached on today, but also some other unspoken things such as bullying, harassment, uh, texting and driving, and all kinds of other things of that sort. So I highly encourage you parents to please go over to First Time Guest
1: Tent or to Lobby Seat and go get one of these. You do not want to miss out on this amazing resource. Thank you so much. And uh, so what I want to do is to say to uh, you, however we can help as a church, we're here. We want to, we're in your corner. We transitioned to a family ministry model a couple years ago because we know you're the number one in your kids' lives. You're the number one. So whatever we can do for you, uh, please let us know. Adrian.
2: Before we're done today, we have a couple of announcements. We have a marriage event talking about family. We have a marriage event coming up this Saturday at 9 o'clock. So if you haven't registered, I would encourage you to. It's covering the five love languages, and it will be from 9 to 12. Food will be provided. So go on our website, uh, or you can scan that code, sign up for the marriage event. Also, the day after that, next Sunday at 1230 is Starting Point. Starting Point is your chance, if you are new to Grace, to find out more about who we are, uh, more about what we're about here at Grace. Lunch is provided after this service. That's next Sunday, Starting Point. If you are a first-time guest or you have been here for a little while, but you want to know more about us, that is your next step. The other couple things that I have for you is we have summer calendars. I don't have one up here with me, but they're in next steps and they're at each guest tent when you leave. Uh, We, the last two years, haven't done a lot. In the summers, obviously because of COVID this summer, we have a lot of events happening all across the spectrum. So if you want to keep up with what we have going on, make sure uh, to stop and get uh, a calendar for our church. And then lastly... A Mother's Day portrait. If you were here last week and you had the chance to, to get a picture taken in Lobby C, also through those doors, uh, those pictures are available over there in Lobby C. Make sure to pick up these resources in this calendar as you leave. You guys have a great week. See you next Sunday.